Welcome to this edition of our bonus podcast. I'm Crystal Taves, the pastor of women here at Northview, and I have two people at the table with me. Uh, they're Thalia. You want to say hi? Hello. And our lead pastor, Jeff. Hi. Hi. <laughs> we finally invited Jeff to be part of our podcast. I think that you didn't invite me for a long time because I called this podcast the Northview. Yeah, we were, <laughs> we're still licking our wounds on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As we were talking about it this morning, I didn't realize that people are keeping track of how often we invite them on. So Kyle oh, really? was quite upset that he's only been invited on once. And Greg oh. was kind of rubbing it in his... <clears throat> Face that he's been here twice and Andy's been here twice, so and I've never oh, been. I've never, never. This is my been. first. This is my first time. Yeah. So yeah, let's see if I get invited back. That's right. We'll see. We'll keep it. Up. <laughs> we will make a schedule. Make sure that we just don't get anybody. Yeah, I have a, just so you know, I have a long history of being invited once to things. Yeah. Yeah, and I then do. Never back. But no, back no, at you, right. you guys don't invite us to your podcast. Well, that's because it's you the have guys too, thing. You have too much estrogen. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So we are recording this on a Thursday, and this was our last Thursday morning theology for the year. So, Jeff, do you have any reflections on Thursday morning theology, and it's good for our congregation? Yeah. What does it do? <clears throat> oh, it does a lot. I mean, it's a fantastic uh, opportunity to study the Word of God and, and theology. Uh, we use a, a, a big book that deals with systematic theology, but mm-hmm. it usually is just a... We treat, we treat the book like it's the class, and then we treat the class that we gather together as a discussion. And sometimes we talk about the book, and other times uh, the subject that the book is bringing up is something that one of us uh, who teaches it has some expertise in, and so we, we cover new material. Mm-hmm. Or we, we you know study passages of Scripture that have to do with that issue. So, it's I mean, I love it. It's one of my highlights of my week. The problem is it's 6 in, six in the morning on Thursdays, yeah. and that's not the highlight. Yeah. As week. I get up at 6, I usually get up around 6, and I'm always like, oh, they're there already. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I, pay, I pay for it uh, <laughs> later. Although, you know, I think this morning, it always starts well and ends well right in the middle there are people who are fading away in Not, February. Yeah, when it's raining. Yeah, yeah, I think it. Although this this time, I think we only ever got down to about twenty five or so, and today I must have had forty wow. or more, forty five people there. Okay. So it was really full today, and that's good. Um, it was good. I I love I love the class. We get to talk about all all of my favorite subjects. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a two year class, right? It so is. Some are graduating and some are continuing next year. Right. So we have uh, half of the classes first year and half second. Uh, do you find so that works well? I do actually. Than, yeah. I, I think uh, it's enjoyable because the people who are there for the first year, um, sometimes they you know their ears get pinned back and they're a little bit. <laughs> freaked out and they just look around and the second year people sort of nod knowingly at them like yeah <laughs> Don't it's worry. actually a little <laughs> yeah. bit crazy i know um and and some of the theological issues because we we in some ways we've already gone through some of this stuff the first year mm-hmm. um the the second year people are, are able to in some ways mentor sometimes those others I mean, it's always enjoyable. There's not a lot of ministries that I'm involved in where people after the two years come up to you with almost what they do, with tears in their eyes and, mm. and smiles, and you get, I get volumes of emails from, yeah. from many of them saying, uh, thank you, and any, anywhere from, hey, thanks for the time, to this was a source of renewal for me. Yeah. Like, I, I love Jesus more today because of this. And for us, that's why we're doing it. We want it to end in doxology, right, in mm-hmm. worship. But... Um, we, yeah. So it's really helpful to to spend the time with them. But we had a. I mean, I really like it. There are some chapters and some days that are a little drier than others. We're trying to fix it a little bit to try to get 
some of the drier chapters joined with other ones mm-hmm. that aren't as dry to make it a little bit more because it is you know if it's dry six o'clock woo, yeah that's tough <laughs> then it's extra dry yeah it's been a great way to grow leaders though in our church i know crystal you've had a number of your women leaders in that class yeah yeah no it, we try to get um like it's if somebody's like, involved in in our church in, in a small group or something like i try to I encourage pe- those mm-hmm. people to sign up and come mm-hmm. just so that they can engage yeah. with the theological issues. It's it's funny to me, uh, sometimes in, in the sermons, we will bring up something theological uh, that will receive a, you know, a, a, a wondering stare from some people or, you know, outright frustration from others. And the people in theology class are like, oh man, my friends this weekend were yeah, so like, and, but yeah. I was telling them, actually, you know, like <laughs> if you look at the so I was leading small groups of people through these different passages, and That's the people great. at the end were like, oh, my goodness, the Bible actually says some of that stuff. Yeah. And so we, yeah, I mean, it's helpful to have more people around the church who have at least engaged. It doesn't mean that we're right about everything we say. It just means that it, it, at least they see that the Bible at those places can mm-hmm. can be, and it often is understood to, to mean those things. So yeah. it's good to engage with the debates. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to have a time, we were talking about this with our Women's Commission last night, it's nice to have a time when you are with people who are as committed as you are and excited as you are about studying. Right. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes when we're in leadership, we're leading groups of people that we're kind of trying to drag along to get to that place. But when you have moments like that where you're with 30 people that really want to get into right. God's Word and figure it out, it's... it's yeah, it's been it fun. Kinda, yeah. There are a number of people who uh, have said, what do we do now? Yeah. And we, always, we always tell them, you know, you use it. You're like a person with their hands full of bread saying, what do I do with all this bread when yeah. they're surrounded by a bunch of beggars? Mm-hmm. Uh, why Teach don't you it. give some to yeah. them? <laughs> um, yeah. So we, we hope that they use it that way. I mean, the other thing is, too, is that there's always ways for people to learn um, more. Yeah. We've had a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, are there online seminary classes oh, totally. and these sorts of yeah. things? Because mm-hmm. the level that we teach at, that, that it, it's at eventually in some of the discussions is, sem- is seminary level stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're usually not prepared fully for, for a seminary, but certainly are, are aware of what goes on there. Yeah. Like, it was funny. It's just last, what was it, last week? Or, yeah, I think so. Last week, we got in a discussion about infralapsarianism, which you, you, like, you guys are like, what? What is infralapsarianism? <laughs> And I know that sounds silly, and that's usually one of the jokes that you make in theology. Well, you know, you're going to divide over whether you're an infralapsarian or a superlapsarian. And we make jokes, oh, it's like arguing how many angels are on the head of a pin. And yet when you're in the midst of some of these theological discussions, you end up saying, well, here's this view, it's infralapsarian, this one's superlapsarian. And the people are like, oh, I actually have a real opinion on that, you know, like. <laughs> Well, God can't be the super Lazarian God. And you're like, oh man, don't say that outside this room at all. Like, no. don't ever bring up those no. words no. and these people sorts of things. People just glaze over. But yeah. at the same time, it is sort of like crack to the people who are there. Yeah. They're like, oh, I love it. I want to, <laughs> you know, give me more. Yeah. yeah, my husband Mark was taking it, and it launched him into last year signing up for some online Moody courses. Yeah, he's pursuing a certificate. In- is he still doing them? Yeah. Yeah. He's almost finished halfway through the certificate. And now hmm. he's thinking, well, maybe I'll just keep going and get the master's degree. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So today we're going to talk about, not about the Thursday morning theology the whole time. We're going to talk about the topic of legalism. Um, way back in February at the women's retreat, I did a series of talks on Colossians. And I remember Jeff reviewing my sermon on Colossians 2 
and he kind of gave me stick for not getting into the legalism <laughs> topic there. So I knew something, this is something that was on Jeff's mind. And then after the service this weekend, uh, I was on call, and so we were up in the office chatting, and Jeff just was talking about legalism and how it drives him crazy. So we said, well, if you're coming on our podcast, that's what we can talk about. So what do we mean by legalism? Start off with that. Well, when you get fired up about it. Tell us a little bit about what you ranted about in the office. What brought this about? What I ranted about? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, so candidly, and just between the three of us. <laughs> Not with the microphone. No. 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 <laughs> um, so I, I spent I a lot of time around church people. And um, my experience has been around church people in general. But, but in, in, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but particularly among some women in churches, not Northview in particular, but women in, I mean, I've been in ministry for 17 years or so. It, there there tends to be a, a judgment placed on people over extra biblical um, requirements not that, that they have for others. Yeah. So that, that makes people spiritual or not. So mm-hmm. I, I think that I'm more spiritual than you because I do. And then you fill in the blank. And if yeah. that blank is not something like, love my brothers and sisters, which is what 1 Corinthians 13 is going to say. If it's something else, like because I don't go to those movies or because I don't dance or because I don't drink or because I send my kids to that kind of school or because of whatever, they're less mm-hmm. than me, I'm more than them. Even yes. in your mind, if you start thinking that, that's legalism. Yeah, yeah. It's the adding to, um, it, it, it's the adding to God's law extra requirements that make one holy. Yeah. especially holy. And they're usually man-made, and they're usually cultural, completely cultural. And the church is ripe with it. I, it's just ridiculous how many, how many things that we use to judge other people. To almost to everything. Like if you're a really good Christian, if you're really a good Christian, why on earth would you send your kids to a public school, private school, not homeschool? So, like what? Yeah. I mean, I've heard people from every one of those debates. Mm-hmm. Have a theological like, right. So, like, why. if you live, really love Jesus, you'd send your kids to the public school because homeschooling is keeping them away from the the, the sinners, right? Right. They should be light. In the but if you're really school. a Christian, you'd mm-hmm. keep your kids at homeschool and not send them to the public school because there's sinners there. Yeah. And if you're really a Christian, you'd send them to the Christian school and not leave it to the public school with all its bad worldviews. To like this. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, this right. is a live debate now. Yeah. And even though even though we say to each other, no, 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 you can do whatever you like. We say that to each other, to our faces, and then behind the closed doors, we say, can you believe those Death people doing are doing that thing? Like, if you really wanted to do the best thing for your kids, you'd do this. Except that we think that we're free of this legalism. No. That's because what we're not, say, yeah. we're not Amish. We're not Haldeman. We're not Hutterite. There is very clear, because they have certain head coverings, certain clothes, certain ways of doing things, and we know by their rules who's more holy and who's not more holy. So we think we are not legalists because we are free from all of those sort of strict rules. And yet, you're right, we have all of those ways of judging others. Right. So one of the things I need to say right off the top here is that most issues that we're legalistic about are actually most most of the things that we want to raise up to being a God-given standard that's not a God-given standard. Most of those are good things. So if you understand what I mean. Yeah. Well, I think you should unpack it for yeah, the so So... Well, let me liken it to so, so in the old in the Old Testament, God had a law, uh, and the and the Pharisees came along and they said that God's law is so worth obeying that we should build a fence around it. That's the language that that they used, and um, so that we we don't 
transgress. Mm -hmm. So for example, I use this often when I talk about this, uh, the law said that you should be in for the Sabbath on sundown on Friday. Uh, because so, you want to honor because you want to honor God, that's what mm-hmm. the word the word says, and you're doing this as worship to right. the Lord, even in response to His grace, you yeah. know, shown to you. So, I want to honor God. Well, what you end up doing is saying that, you know, it's really wise because you might get caught outside doing something, and work might go late, or you might be traveling at a particular. So, if you you know knock four hours off of that, you know, like your your parents when they send then they go to the airport. You ever notice that? Like yeah. older people, when they go to the airport, they got to be there eight Wait, hours yeah. early. Yeah. You're yeah. like, why are we here? So we're, just in case. Yeah. That kind of thing. Okay, so we're going to knock a few hours off that. So if you really want to obey God, you know, the best practices here would be that you would show, uh, you know, get home at, at two or one. Yeah. Or noon. You know <laughs> what? You might not, not want to go out at all on Friday because you might get caught somewhere where you do. Yeah. These sorts of things. So if you're really a spiritual person, what do you do? Well, you don't go out on a Friday. So what ends up happening is that the law becomes the law. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, the, uh, the fence becomes the law. And that's legalism. Mm-hmm. Is when the fence in your mind ends up becoming, the best practices end up becoming the standard by which God views you as holy. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's gone beyond being wise. Right. It's gone, beyond, it's gone to a point where you define what is sin and what is not sin. Right. Now, mm-hmm. y- you can say wise... Yeah. You can say wise. Yeah, I think we would say we wouldn't define it as sin, but we would. But it's, even when you say it's wise, which it is, I think it would be wise for you to come in at 2 o'clock in order to avoid it. The moment you start thinking, well, the person who comes in at 3 o'clock is not being wise, and by that you mean not as holy. Not as right. spiritual. Not yeah. as spiritual. You're a legalist. Yeah. Or you're acting as a legalist. Because the law doesn't say that. Mm-hmm. law says sundown. So as long as they're not transgressing the law, they're not sinning. So this, this can happen with anything. You, I don't know. You, p- you pick the, the law that's in the New Testament or the whatever. You, can, you pick the law of God and you build your fence around it, yeah. whatever it is. Okay, yeah. so, and this gets a little bit dicey. So, for example, uh, you know, love your kids. Let's say that's a law. I think it's probably good, you know. Um, or, or, yeah, whatever. You, you love your kids. Well, like, the thing do that... do not get drunk on wine. Right. So right? Do, do not get drunk is a good yeah. example of one. So you can do not get drunk on wine. Well, you know, you, you shouldn't even be places where people get drunk then, right? Yeah. You shouldn't even have it in you your house. Well, why so. on earth would you have it in yeah. your house? You wouldn't yeah. hang around with people who, who don't have it. That's right. Look at, that, look at that person over there hanging around with all mm-hmm. of those people, drinking. And Who do you sound like now? You sound, you sound like the Pharisees, right? Right, yeah. Like, essentially, he, look, he hangs out with tax collectors and sinners. Hmm? And Jesus, by doing so, never sins. He's not breaking the law no. in doing so. But we do the same. I mean, we, the, I mean and the funny thing is we, we tend to add to this, um, not add to, we, we tend to think that these sorts of things are, yeah, that's from the generation gone by. Well, because we think of it as, yeah, like you were saying, we think we're, we're rid of it. Even like the generation gone by that said movies, right. don't drink, don't smoke. We don't laugh about that. Yeah, we think that's so outdated. Right, yeah. but we've just shifted it. It's just but more it subtle now. Out, yeah, it pops out in weird places. Right. Like years ago when Mark and I were trying to decide, do we stop at two kids or have more? Well, you're not Mark, a Christian. Well, Mark said, fewer than the two. holier families have more than two kids. <laughs> and it was kind of a, he, it was a revelation for him realizing that he thought holy families have more than two kids. Yeah. And I said, I can't handle more than two kids. I have no support here in Adam's I will not be holy I, if I have I more said, than two kids. I said, we're stopping at two kids. And he's like, he had to kind of wrestle with that. So, I'll, I'll yeah. be, so what are some I'll, of the things? Yeah, well, I'll be like specific. 
Um, when I was, I make jokes from the pulpit about books that were written about how to get my kids to sleep. Now, and I, I don't oh, mind if I don't mind if I, I don't mind if I don't really don't mind if I offend you. The, the people who wrote <laughs> Baby Wise wrote a former book called Growing Kids God's Way. Yes. That title is ridiculous. Mm, yeah. And the reason it's ridiculous is because you're saying that to make your kids cry it out is God's way. And the argument that they used for this was that, you know, Jesus, God let Jesus cry it out on the cross. Oh, really? That was the analogy? That was one of the arguments in the book. So now, this, the guy, actually, it's interesting, is the guy who actually wrote the book went into church discipline for legalism. Hmm. But the book was, you know, morphed into baby-wise. And they dropped some of the spiritual language in it. But I do know that the people who wrote it, that was their attitude. And often the people who actually were using it had that attitude. Listen, I don't care if you use baby-wise or baby-whisperer or, you know, like... <laughs> baby hugger yeah. it doesn't matter to me one bit how you get your kid to sleep i praise god that they're sleeping <laughs> yeah. at the end of it the idea though that you would attach god's name to one particular yeah, method yeah. on that is just legalism yes bald-faced legalism yeah, yeah. and yet you have young couples <clears throat> all over the land who felt guilty mm-hmm and that's ultimately because they what, weren't following God's way. What happens? The reason I ranted about it to you, Crystal, was because I'm so tired of people feeling false guilt. Yeah. So when I was in seminary, I'll give you another example of how this happens. When I was in seminary, I had professors um, who, who would say to me, and I'm not kidding, I actually came home one day to my wife and I said to her, honey, okay, so for just today, here's what I've heard. I need to be. Um, I need to be making sure that I'm keeping up on my Greek and Hebrew because you, you might you'll lose it after you've done all this study. You'll lose it unless you're doing it. So so the best thing for you to do is to is to make sure that you do the Greek and Hebrew every day. And wow. so you translate a chapter a day in Greek and a chapter a day in Hebrew. Um, you also need to make sure that you're having. You know, if you're going to be a good pastor, you got to make sure that you're having uh, a lot of your own personal quiet times. You yes. know, an hour is good, but you know. Uh, more the better. Well, yeah, I mean, Wesley was up for four hours in the morning, and yeah. so I don't know if you, what you want to do. Um, <clears throat> you need to make sure that you have it. Make sure you have that quiet time in the morning because yes. the morning is the only time that apparently God works with you. So that after that, then you also need to um, make sure you have your own health. Look after your own health, and so you need to make sure you're in the gym mm-hmm. quite frequently. And are you getting enough sleep? You need to make sure you're sleeping that way. You've got to go on a date night with your wife because yeah. your wife needs to be taken care of like that. And yeah. I mean, listen, if you've got kids, you should be having special date nights with each one of those kids yes. each and every week. Because <laughs> yes. if you're not doing that, those kids are going to be going astray. Mm-hmm. Right? And are leading o- them in devotional time and right. time and every night. Right, family devotions every yeah. evening uh-huh. because uh, that that's absolutely necessary for yes. you for you to... So, okay, at the end, of, I actually started Did counting actually up the, the hours, hours? <laughs> and I, I thought there's no, there's there's no, no time to do no. anything. <laughs> no. if, I, if I have to do all this stuff, all these best practices, yeah. Yeah. there's no way that I'm ever going to get anything done. But, no. but so what's, the, what's my option now? Well, to walk around in false guilt feeling like I never do enough. Does yeah. that sound like anyone you know? Does it sound like no. everyone you know? Everyone, including yeah. ourselves. And yeah. And so I, I just get tired of the church being the cause for people to say, well, you know, you're just not doing enough. Yeah. And I'm just telling you that Christ did enough. Mm-hmm. And that's good news, mm-hmm. that Christ did enough. And that my standing with God is settled because Christ did it all. Now, does that mean that I can flaunt the law of God and just walk out and just be like, no, I don't care about any of it? No, no. The grace of Christ motivates me Mm -hmm. to follow him but it also motivates me to follow him according to my own freedoms to follow him in ways that aren't going to be passing judgment on everyone else regarding how much they do or how little they do 
We have sometimes conversations around our church when we have pastors or others who will say, oh, you know, sometimes people get up in the middle of the service and they walk out, you know, or at the end of the service and they leave. Now, for everyone listening, we'd love you to stay to the end of the service. It honors us. It honors lots of people. That's a good thing, right? But you know what? If you need if you need to go, okay, I'm not gonna judge you. <laughs> That's fine. That's all you could be here right. for. Right. If you could be here for that amount of time and you have to go to your grandma's for lunch or whatever, or you feel like you need to be at home for your kids, or whatever reason. Look, yeah. go for it. I am not going to make you feel guilty or no. have it be that you f- walk out having everyone look down their noses at you because you're yeah. this horrible person for what come on. Yeah. Come on. We say the same in women's ministry. We say, if you come once, that's awesome. If you can never come back again, oh, we'll miss you. We'd love you to come back. But some people or can only come people... once. Some people have to leave early every time or arrive late every time because of kids or whatever. It's great. Right. Like, you're but, welcome here. But that attitude is an attitude that just uh, ekes grace. Yeah. Right? And, and that's a choice, right? That's a choice for Crystal and I on an hourly, daily basis because it's easier to choose legalism. Oh, yeah. So why it's are we harder prone to choose to grace? Why yeah. are we prone to legalism? Because we're self-justifiers. And I want rules. I want to know, am I measuring up? I want to be able to compare. Like that's in my yeah. nature, in, your, in yeah. my sinful nature there. I want to know, am I better than you? Yeah. Am I less than? If I'm less than, what do I do about that? How do I get better? Rules are easier to follow. So John Piper, years ago, he wrote a book called uh, uh, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals. It's written to pastors, and it's a series of little one-chapter um, musings that he has on a series of subjects. One of them is about, uh, one of the title of the chapter is uh, Copper Will Do. It's about being a conduit of God's grace, mm. and that we don't need to be lined with gold, meaning mm. that the, the messengers of God don't need to be people who are rich. They can, Copper will do. So he went through some of the biblical material on money in this chapter, and he kind of stopped at one point in the middle, and he said, so now you're expecting me to give you a law. Yeah. Right? But you can't own own this. You can't own that car, and you can't own that house. Yeah. And you can't this, and you can't that, and you can't this. He says, my job is not to give you a law. That's not what the New Testament does when it comes to this issue. The question that Jesus raises in the New Testament is, okay, what do you do with the immense grace of Christ that he who became rich became poor, that you might become rich. What does that do to your attitude toward your riches? Yeah. And if you come to the conclusion at the end of that, that it means I'm going to live in a 4,000 square foot house and own a really nice car. Okay. Fine. That's not, that's not my business regarding that between you, you and God. That is between you and God mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And you're the one who's going to be, have to answer to him yeah. for how the your decisions the decisions you make. Yeah. But I'm not going to pass that judgment on you. So if you want to buy a really nice car, go go for it. I hope you're reading the New Testament, Luke 12, Parable of the Rich Fool. I hope, I, mean, I hope you're reading all of that at the same time as you're doing it. And please hear me. I am not saying that you can't read Luke 12 and own a nice car. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they're mutually exclusive. Of course you can. You absolutely can. Some people the Lord has blessed in so profound a way that they're giving you know 90% of their income away. And the Lord is... They still, still have, have the finances, have and, and yep. so I'm cool with that. I am, but those numbers and that stuff is between you and the Lord. And I'm, it's not my job to make sure that you're doing exactly the way that I think you ought to be doing. Yeah. By the way, if you're the type of person who's listening to me and thinking to yourself, 
yeah, but certainly there are thing, things that you, you, know, you should write a law about that's extra biblical. And so, uh, do you really want people to do that to you? Yeah. Because I found that legalists love to point their fingers at other people for lots of stuff, mm-hmm. but they're not willing they're not willing to have those same rules applied to them. No. Right? So when Jesus in Matthew 7 talks about this, judge mm-hmm. not lest you be judged, this is what he's talking about, hypocritical judgment. Yeah. When you pass judgment on somebody else for something they're doing, and yet you yourself are doing the very thing. It's not yeah. wrong to judge people. It's just the grounds for the judgment should yeah. not be hypocritical. Yeah. We are in such process. Like We need to allow people to be at different places in their walk with God. So where I was 10, 20 years ago is not the same as where I am now. And we want the same freedom for everybody else to be thinking about their life deeply and changing and growing. Because what I watched 20 years ago on TV is not what I watch now. Because I, um, I love God more, so I'm wanting to be clean before him, so I'm choosing to watch different shows. But just because somebody is choosing something else doesn't mean that I can look down on that. And you're making those choices based on your study of the word and yeah. kind of relationship and fellowship with him, not on rules that are being opposed upon you from somewhere else. So many yeah. of these, these are all Christian freedoms, a lot of, yeah. a lot of these things. And mm-hmm. this is what, I, what I'm trying to say is that there is a larger category of Christian freedom than you and I imagine. Mm-hmm. There are lots of things that the Lord has left up to each one's conscience. Yeah. What you should do is make sure that your conscience is not being used as a means of leading someone else into sin. Yeah. So if you're someone who struggles with alcohol, I'm not going to drink a beer with you. Right. I'm not going to invite you with my friends out to the pub. We're just not going to do that. For the sake of your conscience, we are going to not go to pubs. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I'm not going to go to pub when you're not there. I'm not leading you into sin in yeah. that situation. So, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm just saying that, that these issues are all around us and there are lots and lots and lots and lots of ways that we do the legalism yeah there are lots and lots of ways crystal and i were talking about this before and for women you know how we judge each other on whether you use facebook or instagram or twitter or how you text or whether you allow your kids to have a cell phone at what age like we have all these different ways look of being at those legalistic. parents over there their child's only 14 and they have a cell phone yeah do they not they and then we think of the super spiritual parents that unplug their TV all summer and make their right. kids play outside, and they're more spiritual than our because, family. Because, because asceticism is more spiritual than, yeah. than anything else. Yes. You, you know, I mean, that was the argument of the monks. Yeah. That the only way to really love God is to actually get away from people and mm-hmm. everything else so that you can actually spend all this alone time in caves. Yeah. In be prayer. off the grid, take now, a vow of poverty. L- listen, if you want to take a vow of poverty and you want to be an ascetic, yeah. go nuts. Like, that's fantastic. It really is. I think it's fantastic. Great. I don't think you're more spiritual than a person who uh, is golfing on a weekend. Or, sorry, well, I'm just mm-hmm. picking what, yeah, whatever. I, I don't know. care what it is that, that, that you do. But yeah. yeah. Church people, we, we tend to do this too. You know, church oh, leaders yeah. do it. It's like, okay, if you're a really spiritual person, you're going to serve and, and go. You like, What are you going to do at the church? You're going to serve? You're going to attend this? You're going to attend <laughs> that? And you're yeah. going to make sure you're there at all the yeah. stuff? Hmm? And before you know it, you know, the people who are really involved in the local church are the more spiritual people. Now, listen, yep. is it a good thing to be involved in the local church? Yep, absolutely. absolutely. And we could sure use you. Do we encourage you? <laughs> and do we encourage you to do it? Yes. Over and over and over yeah. again. If you are in a situation in your life that precludes you from doing that, I am not going to pass a single thought of judgment no. about it. That's not, it's not mine to do. No. It may not work for you at your stage of life or for your health or for what's going on with your family. But you see the difference in a culture of a church, though, that views it that way as opposed to a culture of a church that is always making these extra biblical rules 
on who's yeah. doing more and better, yeah. working harder. I wanted to kind of get into that. Like, So how do we build a culture that yeah. combats that? Well, I think you start by talking on podcasts about it. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, the scriptures are are clear in places like Galatians that this is a real problem. Mm-hmm. Colossians yes. too. Yeah. So the preach those of us who preach and teach should should be aware of taking every opportunity when it comes up to point it out. Yeah, because it is our default. We're self justifiers. Mm-hmm. We like we like quantifiable justifications. Yeah. So how can I know you're more spiritual than me? Well, I can see these particular, you know, I can quantify it. You have, you've given four meals away this week. Yeah. Ah, you met the, met the standard. (laughs) By the way, I had a friend when I was in college who uh, believed that uh, he was committed to evangelism and that people who evangelize more are, you know, are, that's what true Christians do is they evangelize more. So he could not go to bed without evangelizing somebody each day, like, you know, personal giving the gospel. And he had yeah. a real clear view of what what that meant. You have to actually go through the entirety of the four spiritual laws wow, with somebody. Wow. Every, every day. day. Every day. <laughs> every day. And he, so I remember, I honestly, I remember living in a house with him and him going to bed and I hearing him groan, literally groan in the next room get back up, walk outside, get in his car, and leave for an hour, and come back. And I asked him one day, where are you going? He said, I go to 7-Eleven. And he talks to somebody. And I wait for somebody who comes in so I can tell him about Jesus. Because they're open 24 hours? Now, i got to tell you, you, God bless him, right? That's cool, man, that you are committed to evangelizing someone every day. I do know, after knowing him, that it became such a burden to him yeah, it's a lot of to evangelize people and to feel like God was disappointed with him if he oh, didn't. Oh, yeah. So this is what I mean by false mm-hmm. guilt, right? Yeah. You're, always, you're always feeling... So, so look, it, it's important for, for us to talk in voluminous language, big words, about the grace of Christ yeah. and about your standing in Jesus. And at the same time, as much as we talk about, you know, following him, that grace is not cheap and it, it, and it, it works fruit in you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes uh, you'll hear me preach a sermon that, because of the text we're in, is focused on the libertines among us. Meaning the libertines are the ones who are like, oh, cool, I can do anything I want. I don't have to read my Bible. Yeah. I don't need to do this. Yeah. I don't need, oh, it's amazing. Freedom! And you'll hear me say, yeah, actually, uh, true grace, true faith works. Like it works itself out in, yeah. in, in fruit in your life. There are, there are windows through which we can see mm-hmm. the nature of your, Actions, and how you use yeah. your money, how yeah. you mm-hmm. love your brother, the words you use. Now, listen, if you don't agree with any of those, just read James, the whole book. Okay. So sometimes people get offended because they're like, and you hear the legalists will come up and they'll pat me on the back and say, good word. That was a good word. No, no, a lot of, I know a lot of people who need to hear that. Say. But on the flip side, I've given sermons that talk about your standing in Christ is immovable because he says so. Mm-hmm. And it is a legal declaration that you are righteous. It's yeah. not based on anything you did. God just declared it. Yeah. You are righteous because Christ is righteous and he mm-hmm. finds you in him. So what does that mean? It means you're free. Yeah. Means you can walk out of that jail cell and you can do cartwheels and celebrate and what whatever and don't let anyone else pass judgment upon you for these little silly things. I've I've given sermons like this and I've had people come up to me afterwards 
in tears with joy hmm. about how freeing it is. And then I've had the legalist come up and say, <laughs> I'm not sure that was appropriate, right? Because if you say, listen, if you say that kind of thing to people, if you give people that kind of grace and tell them the true nature of grace, the result will be libertinism. And we cannot have that. And actually, no, biblical Christianity is knowing so much about the grace of Christ that every act of, every work you do, every act of worship you do is in response to that grace. But why are we sinful people that either go one way or way to the other side? We can't really stay in the middle all balanced as the word goes. I hate that word, but that's kind of, we don't stay in the middle. We either go way freedom or we go way legalistic and we go from one side to another. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) And there's lots of women who feel very judged. And I think other women aren't necessarily meaning for them to feel that way. Yeah. So we kind of sort of take that impression on ourselves and we feel less than and we feel like cowering in front of other women. But they didn't necessarily mean that. So can I give you a piece of advice then? Mm -hmm. Okay. Today, and I'm not trying to be a legalist, okay? If you don't do this, it's fine. (laughs) Today, why don't you find somebody... um, with whom you might disagree about one of these extra biblical things and tell them that you think it's great that they're doing whatever that is. Mm -hmm. Encourage them in that act and their freedom Mm -hmm. in that act. So so if you have a friend who is uh, homeschooling their kids and you don't believe homeschooling is the best thing for you, you go tell your friend, I think it's great that you, before God and with your husband, have made this decision, and maybe not married, like mm-hmm. you've made this decision to do what you think is in the best interest of your children. Yeah. I think that you could go a long way by encouraging people. Oh, you build so many mm-hmm. bridges. In, in this way. Oh, yeah. Now, I'm not saying, if it's not heartfelt, don't do it. But yeah. at the end of the day, I will say, or if you want to do it more privately, pray for them. Mm-hmm. And don't pray for them that they come to your, your point of view. Thank God for the many colored nature of his grace mm-hmm. thank god that that everyone in the world is not like you and that there are lots of different freedoms that people have yeah but i do think that the positive affirmation of people who are constantly feeling like they're not doing enough yeah like honestly if i get every woman in our church to say to their best friend you're good enough yeah and and, and when i say that i'm not saying I, they're actually not good enough but you're good enough because jesus was yeah so you need to go out and play and by play, I don't mean go buy a boat. Yeah, I mean yeah. go out and play in your heart. Realize that today, yeah. today yeah. I am I am a, a daughter of the risen. Yeah, I'm daughter of the King. And let's grow together. Right. And we're all in process. Let's just be in process together. And when we mess up, we say sorry and we keep going. And we learn and we grow. Right. It's okay not to be perfect. But part yeah. of the reason, just so you know, part of the reason, I, and I I don't know what to make of this in, in here in Abbotsford, but um, I get. I frequently get people telling me, we appreciate your honesty, Jeff, when I'm preaching. So like this last weekend, I tell stories about how I want to punch people in the face and have rage fantasies, right? And I don't say those because, you know, I'm trying to say, that be like me. Rage. People will come and we appreciate your your honesty. And I'm always thrown off a bit by that because I think, why wouldn't I be? Like, do you somehow think that pastors live in this sort of ivory tower and little special homes where we're much better than you are when it comes to all of these things? I struggle with the same sorts of challenges and sins and temptations that everybody else in the world does. Uh, I, I, I have freedoms that I'm trying to live out, live rightly before God and 
But at the end of the day, I'm a son of the, uh, of the king. Mm-hmm. And he's called me to preach and teach. And that's an important thing. And please don't hear me as saying, I don't think it's important for me to live a holy life. Of course it is. Of course it is. And I should be a model. Follow me as I follow Christ, said Paul. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, th- there needs to be more an honesty among our leaders yeah, to admit that yeah. there's, that, that, look, I don't have it all together, right? None I, of us do. I, I'm, yeah. I'm still working. At it, and by say working at it, I, I mean that Christ is working mm-hmm. in me at it, and I'm hopefully coming to a place at the end of this year that's better than I was at the end of last mm-hmm. year, and maybe in a you know 50 years I will arrive at a place that's a little bit better. I don't know. Well, we want to keep growing. <laughs> we did a thing on maturity in Christ. We want to keep growing in our maturity. But I think, yeah, oftentimes as leaders, we feel like in order to lead people, we have to kind of put to, put on this front that we have it all together. Uh, for them to follow us, but that's destroying it in the process. We just interviewed a, 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 a potential, a new staff member's wife was there, and she was talking about how fearful she is about having a husband in ministry. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was saying, I, I was listening to her and thinking, you know, there's a whole host of expectations that are in her mind. Not It's not her fault, but they're all just culturally conditioned in the Christian church, that pastor's wives are really good at stuff, yeah. And, yeah. and others are not. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think and it's they, fake, and I think for years the Christian church had leaders who, who made it sound that way. I yeah. still hear some of them on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, they got it all together. You, you, you know, they're, they're in charge. They figured out, I, honestly. We only have it together for like an hour. No, and then it, it might, falls apart, and we have to start again. But my hope and, my hope and fear, or my hope and dream, yeah. actually, is that Northview would be the kind of church where somebody who who is, you know, I, I, I say this that that we are we are you know, a home of repenting sinners. That yeah. I want that to be the feeling you walk through. That oh that guy over there doesn't have it together, and that lady over there doesn't have it together. We're not there yet. I think everybody still puts on a bit of a face when it comes to to, to this. They want to present themselves as as fitting into the mold and being holy. But you know, somebody who's fighting transgenderism should feel home here. Yeah. Somebody who's fighting their homosexual inclinations or their heterosexual, yeah. you know, extramarital inclinations yeah. should feel at home here. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, at home here. Yeah. Marriage struggles, at home here. You don't know how many people I say to them. I said, I wish I could. I can't. But I wish I could take them by the hand, lead them down the hallway and say, that person, that couple, they're struggling too. In all these different ways, we're all struggling. Mm-hmm. You're welcome here. Because yeah. we have people Even- that stay home for fear of being judged. And I'm like, oh, I wish I could show you. Right. Come and be part of something because you'll realize that we all struggle. And we can learn from each other. You know, yeah. when I talk with women who are homeschooling or private or public or whatever, you can learn from what they're doing and, and grow in that. Right. We just did a podcast on that not too long ago. Yeah, and I think that's another school, way we're, we're trying to bring up a lot of these conversations that we know are touchy subjects for people to kind of dispel some of that so mm-hmm. that it doesn't feel like it's a right or wrong or a... Yeah, a good or bad. So if there's topics like that that you think people judge um, that kind of put in legalistic categories, send them to us and we'll yeah. do them in the future. But for right now, I think we will end this podcast. Jeff, would you pray for our listeners? Absolutely. Okay. Father, we're thankful for uh, the freedom that is in Christ. It's a freedom, Father, that leads us to uh, both repentance and holiness and it's a freedom nonetheless. So, mm-hmm. Lord, there are people listening to this podcast who are in prisons, mm-hmm. uh, some of their own making and some of the making of, uh, of other Christians. Father, would you free them? Would you give them a firm conviction about uh, the nature of, of their salvation, a nature of grace, that Christ is yeah. their righteousness? Yeah. 
And those, Father, here who are, we all tend toward legalism. I pray, Father, mm-hmm. that you would free us as well from that, Lord. Uh, sometimes we like to sit in your seat and, mm-hmm. and, and think we're the fourth member of the Trinity mm-hmm. and pass judgment on all sorts of people, Father, because we know better. But, God, I pray that we would let you uh, be you and help us to stay in our lane and, Father, live freely there. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us.